Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. After nine. I think, Here. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Why are you? Yeah. <laughs> Did well, you watch The Bachelorette last night? No, what that's not why. I don't waste my time with that. Fucking awful season. I don't waste my time with that. Um, No, it's more the FOMO. It's the FOMO. I live in oh. KW. I live in Kitchener, Waterloo, and we suck. Yeah. Oh, we don't suck. We don't really have a problem. It's just in KW... Well, there's a couple things at play here. And for those who maybe didn't hear some of the older episodes where we talked about it, it's very, 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 very simple here. Kitchener, Waterloo, big area in Ontario that Doug Ford doesn't give a shit about because uh, he doesn't uh, care about this area. He, he just doesn't. It, it's clear. It plain as day. We have mayors in this city who have not said a fucking word about the fact that their region got excluded. These are the same mayors that were all cheering the province on when they said, yeah, we're going to take away your shots and give them to Toronto and Peel so that they can put out the fires and then we can all open up together. Well, because of that, Waterloo doesn't have enough shots. They've got to spend the next couple of weeks vaccinating more people. And they're the only area of Ontario that is not allowed to go to step two tomorrow, which means it is legal in Ontario, but illegal in Waterloo as of tomorrow to get your hair cut or for your kid to play t-ball or for you to get your nails done or walk around in a mall legal everywhere else in Ontario, except for Kitchener. And we all know what's going to happen. People are just going to go to Guelph or, or Hamilton or Brantford or Milton or wherever they're going to do that. And it doesn't do anything to stop the spread, keeping Waterloo closed, but opening everywhere around it. It's just going to punish the businesses in Waterloo and for the life of me, I can't figure out why there's been zero leadership on this. I mean, I, I'm it's mind boggling that none of the mayors or the chair have said a word about how hypocritical this is or how stupid it is. Or maybe they think it's smart. Maybe they're all in favor of this. They just can't wait to genuflect and kiss the ring of Doug. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. But they haven't said a fucking word one way or the other. And I find that very, very frustrating. But yesterday, Doug went off script again. <laughs> you want to hear Doug? Is it about Arthur? Please be. I want to know where Arthur is. I know. I still want that update, too. He's not talking about Arthur, but uh, listen to this, talking about maybe skipping ahead and going to step three. I want to get things open as quickly as possible. I think it's going to come sooner than later. The numbers dropped again. Um, and and we, we need to get the economy boom. The only, you know, the only few things that aren't open are, uh, you know, the indoor uh, dining, which is, is going to happen. Um, and uh, re- really, uh, outside of the casinos and and strip joints, they're the only three things that aren't open now. <laughs> well, I'll be honest with you; there, everything else seems to be moving forward. But again, we have to be cautious about the Delta variant and uh, and the gyms. The gyms, my heart breaks for the people. We got to get those uh, gyms open, folks. Just bear with us for a very short period. It's going to happen. I have to follow the. The direction of the chief medical officer every jamie everyone has this perception i'm the premier i get to snap my fingers and get it done it just doesn't work that way 
Yes, yes. Do we work together as a team? Do I have a big, big say in it? 100%. But I also believe in surrounding myself with medical professionals throughout this whole pandemic, and uh, I'm listening to the, the doctor's uh, advice. No, he's listening to some of the doctor's advice. He's not listening to all of the doctor's advice because there's many doctors that think what he's doing is fucking ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> you know, I thought for sure people that are just waiting for the gyms to open were going to lose their shit when he said all that's really closed is indoor dining, casinos, and the strip joints. And he made himself laugh at that to the point where he giggled through the entire answer, the entire rest of the answer. He was giggling about the fact that he said strip joints in a news conference. <laughs> you know, like, God damn it, Doug. I, <laughs> you know, just have a little bit of a, a compassion here. There's a lot more clothes than that. In fact, as of right now, as we're talking on Tuesday, the 29th of June, it is still illegal in Ontario to get a professional haircut. It is illegal. For your kid to play softball or lacrosse. Illegal. Doug, Is you that... can't do shit like that. You can't say shit like that until it's actually open. Yeah. Fuck you, Doug. Oh, it's frustrating. We have to get through this pandemic, to be very frank with you. We'll do a review. But again, it's just a, such a large uh, region. And it's, put it bluntly, it's unfair to other parts of this region. It's not fair. You know, do you know how many times I got a call from Mayor Huntsville and Bracebridge Perry Sound, and, and I know Norm voiced his opinion numerous times. Doug Downey, our Attorney General, uh, Jill Dunlop, all the representatives up here. Uh, it's 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 not fair. So we're we're going to get through this pandemic, then we're going to have a good chat, and we have to redraw the the boundaries. Okay, so that's the first thing. This is something that we talked about a year ago redrawing the boundaries for some of these regions because frankly it makes no sense that that people in orangeville which did not necessarily have a problem got lumped in with guelph when guelph had skyrocketing cases they're, they're not near each other it, it makes no sense that the simcoe muskoka riding is the way it is where you can shut down a place an hour away because there's a problem in barry for example and it made no sense that Caledon had to be shut down because there was a problem in Mississauga and Brampton. So, I mean, yeah, we definitely need to do that. When it comes to those, um, like, kids' sports, I think there's just so much confusion, too. Even with the, the once things do start to get better and once you hit step three, which I think is a little more, um, uh, I guess the sports will be easier for parents to access. But a lot of parents I know of young kids, and I have a lot of friends who have kids around my age, They'll say, forget it this year. And then what does that do to the leagues? Because we're oh. so delayed, right? I mean, I hear them say it. And man, I, I hope I, I'm still hopeful that I'll be able to put my daughter in soccer. That's what I wanted to do. But it's so difficult to even figure out when we can do that. Yeah. For those who don't know, because if you don't have kids, you might not. Uh, I, I run a lacrosse league. It's called the United Lacrosse League. I, I'm the president of the uh, the board. And for us, it has been a nightmare because we were supposed to start in April, but we were locked down again. Longest long lockdown in North America. And they kept pushing it back and they wouldn't say when we were opening. And then finally, they introduced the three step plan and the 21 days in between. And that was in May, but they didn't announce when it was going to start until June. And then we had to work ahead and count. So the problem is right now for the sports that are going to go. You've got everything from football to ultimate frisbee to soccer and, and lacrosse and so on, all trying to get field time right now. And it's very difficult because a lot of these sports should have already started. 
but all their field time got chewed up. And that's money right out of the local city's budgets, by the way. They couldn't get started, but back in January, people were booking their July field time. So now as everything got bumped back, you've got every sport in Ontario trying to salvage somewhat of a season, but we don't have enough fields to play on. It's like the Hunger Games of trying to book a facility right now. It really is crazy, Cat. the backlog that has been created here, and it's really just kids who suffer. But that's the way it's been, right? The whole pandemic has been punishing kids and punishing women-owned businesses, specifically. Why are hair salons and nail salons still closed? I mean, this is one of the most female-dominated industries in the country, and they're the one of the last to reopen. And it's lunacy to me. I, I just, I totally cannot understand what the logic is here. But, uh, hey, we've got some great news. Canada has crossed a major milestone. More than 30% of eligible Canadians age 12 and up, 10.1 million people are now fully vaccinated. And at this current pace, 50% of Canada will be fully vaccinated in two weeks. Mm-hmm. That's great. We won't be at step three by the time we have almost doubled Ontario's target for step three. More than half the country will be vaccinated before the middle of July. And that's how far behind Ontario is. Although the other extreme is Alberta. We've got a lot of listeners in Alberta, and I love you guys. I haven't been out there in a while for obvious reasons. But number one, hopefully you're hydrating because I know it's hot as fuck out there right now. All public health restrictions come off on Canada Day in Alberta. All of them. They don't even have a mask mandate as of Canada Day. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely something else. I've got some relatives uh, on the West Coast, and they're just like, "Yeah, isn't this great?" I'm like, "I live in I live in Ontario. No, it's uh, not not quite the same. I, I don't know. Uh, it's frustrating too. Uh, I'm hoping that th- th- that double vaccination rate is only getting better. And once we are mostly we like the answer is to 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 let us open, let us open. Everyone who's been given the opportunity to have a vaccine if they want to has been given that opportunity. If they declined it, they declined it. Why can't we live in a world like that? Like, sorry, not sorry about it. And and it's to each their own, by the way. No problem. Maybe you're listening right now. You don't want that vaccine. You want nothing to do with that vaccine. I, I don't care. That's totally fine. And that's on you. Why should that impact me and what I do every day if I decide to get that vaccine? So we open up. We hope for the best. The only problem is that we'll run into, especially with this fucking Delta variant, is that apparently for kids and all we know under 12, you can't get a vaccine. And some kids are suffering uh, from COVID because of it and for those who aren't taking the vaccine. So uh, I don't know. For the most part, I'm watching all this happen and I'm just like, let's go. Like, why can't that be us? You know, and you look at the numbers like this percentage of the population has has COVID even. And it's so minuscule. It's so minuscule. Yeah. Honestly, Kat, it is bizarre. I mean, regular people are really struggling to understand. And and the government is in hiding. They won't reply to constituents. They won't do the regular news conferences. They they do five questions at a news conference. And that's it. Five questions and a follow up. There's no chance to ask uh, really good, relevant, targeted questions. The whole thing is so not transparent and people are confused. And and particularly with the areas that has to stay closed tomorrow, Waterloo, I mean, there are legitimate questions there and nobody is answering them. Nobody is asking, well, what about like kids sports? I mean, okay, you want to control the spread, but there's no stay at home order. So how does that control the spread? Why can't kids in a, a baseball diamond, what are they, 45 feet apart between bases? 
Why can't yeah. kids that are 45 feet apart throw a ball? <laughs> what is the problem here? I know. There's so many. And, and you're giving an example, and we all know there's many examples of that. I, I, don't, I don't know myself. I don't get it. It's very frustrating. Uh, a couple other things on the go here. There is a new weight loss product called Dental Slim. And I don't know if, if these weight loss type products need to get Health Canada approval before they hit the market, but this is basically a medieval torture device. You put it in your mouth and it's basically magnets that fuse your mouth shut. It will only open two millimeters. So you're forced to stay on a liquid diet, mandatory liquid diet. Now, they did test it out on some people that are considered obese and they lost 14 pounds in two weeks. They had their mouths shut permanently. Well, not permanently. How do you talk then? Can you talk with this thing on? Or is there like no talking, no eating? You just sit there with your fucking mouth shut. Well, I don't know because I haven't heard any of the people that participated in the study actually talk. But I imagine it's kind of like when you're talking to someone who's got a smoke in their mouth. Yeah, you're talking like this. Yeah, yeah, what's going on? I'm just going to keep my smoke in here. I, I, that's all I can think, hmm. really. I, I, I don't know what it would sound like. But yeah, their mouth is fused shut with magnets so you can only drink liquid. That would work, though. I mean, let's face it, if you're not putting any solids in you, it would help you lose weight. I just don't know how sustainable that is once you eventually start eating regular foods again. And I don't even know if that's good for you. Like, I'm going to seriously recommend you talk to your doctor before you try this shit. Yeah, that doesn't seem right to me. That doesn't seem right. That's not the right way to go about it. But uh, all right. I'm not surprised by it. That said. Weddings came up this morning on our FM radio show because more and more people are now in a place where they can finally plan their nuptials. Yes. They can finally say, yeah, we can have friends and family around us and we're going to say I do and we're going to have a party. Maybe not quite as big as we wanted, but definitely bigger than it would have been a few weeks ago. Oh, and I'm in an awkward spot here before we get into this wedding talk where I have an invite lingering. It was supposed to be last August. They moved it to this August around the same date. And I haven't heard whether it's happening or not. And it's like coming close here. So what are are they saying here? The RSVP portion of the invitation in particular is going to be one to note because typically it asks you, are you coming? Yes or no. Will you be bringing a guest? Yes or no. Is there a plus one? And it might ask you about dietary restrictions. Would you like the vegetarian or the vegan or the beef or the fish option? And now it'll likely ask you for your vaccination status. Mm. Are you fully vaccinated, partially vaccinated, or unvaccinated? It's an article that's up at scottandcat.ca now. It was a collection of wedding planners that all weighed in on the experiences they've been having coming out of the pandemic. And it seems like brides and grooms want to make sure that their guests are safe. So they want to make sure that people are vaccinated and it could eventually lead to things like an unvaccinated section at the wedding, unvaccinated guests having to wear masks, whereas everyone else does not segregation, right? That's what it's coming down to. Wow. And can you trust that if you invite someone to your wedding That they're telling you the truth about their vaccination status because some people might be tempted to lie and say, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a couple of things with that. Yes, I do think that there's a lot of room to lie unless you have to show proof, which is really extreme, really extreme. But also, depending on where you are, those restrictions will either be there or not be in place. So let's say that 
restrictions are completely lifted where you are. Let's say you're at a place where no mask mandate, you can gather, let's say you can gather in groups of 50. So you're going to have a 50-person wedding to start things off. How how do you know for certain? I don't think you do. And I think asking for proof of it is a bit extreme. And then having a separate section for people unvaccinated. Man, that's just, that is trouble. That is trouble. If you're going to have like an, un, hey, oh, you sorry, you got to sit with uh, Joe. Joe also uh, said he didn't want the vaccine. So you're going to sit at this fucking table with misfits is basically what you're saying. It's a bad, it's a bad look, I think. I think so, too. Um, there's a lot of people who are firmly opposed to workplaces being able to mandate that you have to be vaccinated to work there. But that's going to become an issue in the wedding industry. We had a lot of people message us this morning on our FM radio show when it came to the wedding industry because brides and grooms are insisting the photographer be fully vaccinated, the DJ be fully vaccinated, caterers, servers, etc., so maybe your office can, maybe they can't say you can't work here unless you're fully vaccinated. But when you come to a contractor type situation like that, yeah, you don't have to buy their product or service if they're not vaccinated. And that means some people for work are going to be forced to get done. Mm-hmm. No matter what their objection to the vaccination is, they'll have to have a fully vax situation. Uh, one person told us this morning, DJ was told fully vaxxed. Or you wear a mask for the entire wedding. Wow. Wow. Or you don't get the account. Okay. Well, that's a big hit for a sure. wedding DJ. That can be anywhere from 600 to two grand. Right. Mind you, a lot of people I know that work, especially in that kind of an industry, and you and I both, I mean, we know a ton of DJs. I know they are so missing that lifestyle and the money, of course, that goes along with it, that miss it so bad that they're like, I don't care. I don't think there's going to be a lot of blowback if you have to wear your mask while you're DJing or Whatever else it is, they just want to be back doing what they do. I totally get that, and that's great. I'm just wondering about those holdouts that have some sort of an objection. I personally don't understand the objections. I am fully vaccinated, and I don't understand why other people aren't. Personally, I mean, for those who are holding out, no problem. I've got close family members that haven't had any vaccines, and they don't intend to either. So I, I intentionally avoid that conversation when we get together. But, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I'm safe, and that's all that matters. If I'm having a wedding, though, yeah, I think I, it is kind of incumbent upon me to make sure that my guests are safe. I don't think I would exclude someone from my wedding because they aren't vaxxed, but I could see myself having that unvaxxed table or having that unvaxxed section. You kind of have yeah, to, don't you? Uh, no, I mean, I, I tend to say no. Uh, right now, there's so many states, for example, and I keep looking to the states. And the reason is because they are ahead of us when it comes to vaccines, if you haven't heard and noticed. So many states are open, 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 ready to go um, currently. And there's no segregation of any kind. Why would we need to follow that model? Mm, that's a fair point. And if I'm vaccinated, I'm safe. Or am I safe? Well, you would. Assume, yeah, I mean, you're supposed to be. <laughs> you're supposed to be. Um, safe, there's a very slim chance, even if, if if you do come into contact with someone who has COVID, whatever it might be, the Delta Plus variant, the craziest one of them all, you should be safe because your percentage is that much higher. Is there a small, slight chance that you could catch it? Yeah, but that's just how percentages work. There's always a small chance if there's a small chance. But we can't live out of fear of that 5%, 4%, 3%. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. Yeah, I tend to agree with you, Kat. Uh, At the absolute least, if you are 
fully vaxxed, if you do happen to catch the COVID or variants, you shouldn't get serious enough that you require hospitalization. So I guess that's a win, but I don't like getting sick at all. I don't like going anywhere during flu season or cold season. I don't shake mm-hmm. hands with strangers. I don't do a lot of those yeah. things. I've always had a bubble, and I'm probably going to maintain that in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bachelorette is fucking awful this year. Why do you? Do I don't this? know who thought Katie as the Bachelorette was going to be a smart idea. <laughs> who, whose idea was this? I can't believe you. What you're you're still watching it? Good for you. I gave up a uh, first episode. First episode halfway through. Done. It's so fucking bad. Like, normally there's some good drama. Like, oh, did you know that they have a girlfriend at home right now? Like, okay, all right. Well, you're on The Bachelor, Bachelorette, and you've got a girlfriend at home. Uh, Yeah, that's a problem. Normally it's regular run-of-the-mill shit like that. In this case, the biggest controversy they can find is, are they here for the right reasons, or are they just really auditioning to become the next Bachelor? Who gives a fuck? They don't make any sense with who they pick most of the time anyway. So who gives a shit? Katie, could you please try and be a little more interesting? Because right now, it's not interesting at all. And I, listen, I love this little network I have of people on Twitter that I follow and that follow me and occasionally will weigh in on The Bachelor. And I don't want to shit on Katie in case she's watching or, or, or following along on the hashtag. So I try and not be mean about it, but God damn it, it is boring. I really wanted a decent season here, and this is not happening. Even the barstool guys who occasionally get into The Bachelorette are going, this is just, it's not working. But there is Britney news today, so we can talk about that. She's got some support coming, and the support involves support. It's her ex, Kevin Federline. Well, yeah, talking through his lawyers, being very, very careful, because let's not forget that he's still getting that spousal support. He gets a lot of money. I, I do remember, though, he did ask for more money. You might remember. Um, yep. And this is before this conservatorship case really became the highlight. Um, so I think he's got to be really careful, which is why he spoke through his lawyer. He didn't speak by himself. He, you won't see him putting out an Instagram video like her little sister did. None of that. But basically, he he said very, very safe words that he is happy if she's happy, and that's what's best for their kids. So I think that's all you really would say in that scenario. Um, his kids fucking hate Britney's dad, though. Nobody seems to like Britney's dad. Yeah. Like, absolutely nobody. Nobody. Except for the judge. So, I mean, it's pretty insane, too. Part of Britney's testimony, too, is that basically she was told, cooperate with us or you won't see your kids. So when she started to fight it, when she started to say no, that's when they took the kids away. That's when you noticed they were off of her Instagram and Snapchat. She hadn't seen them for months and months because they basically used it as a way for her to do what they wanted her to do, which is just brutal to use kids like that. So I guess it, her, one of her youngest, I think it was her youngest that ended up on Kevin Federline's uh, <laughs> social media at one point. This is about six months ago or so. Went on and it was an Instagram live and just started talking to people. And people asked, what's going on with Brittany? How's your mom? How's your mom? Obviously. Mm-hmm. And he said, um, you know, my mom's good. I love my mom very much. My grandpa's a fucking dick, I think is what he said. <laughs> I think he actually used the words fucking dick or something close to it. So we know that I think nobody is a fan of Jamie Spears. And then Jamie Lynn yesterday decided now is the time to finally speak because she hasn't said much at all. And that's her little sister. So she, it was very, very safe. Here's some of what she said. I don't care if she wants to run away to a rainforest and have a zillion babies in the middle of nowhere, or if she wants to come back and dominate the world the way she has so many times before. 
because I have nothing to gain or lose either way. This situation does not affect me either way because I am only her sister who is only concerned about her happiness. I mean, I've worked since I was nine years old, paid my own freaking bills since I was 10 years old. Not that I owe the public anything because my sister knows I love and support her. If ending the conservatorship, if or whatever the hell else she wants to do to be happy, I support that. So I didn't expect much from her anyway, but she... She's a fast talker, by the way. She, Holy fuck. <laughs> she claims she doesn't make a dime off of her. She's not one of the people that makes money off of this conservatorship. So that really only leaves mom and dad, in my opinion. It really only leaves mom and dad sucking that Britney Spears money tit. Uh, so we'll we'll see how this goes. I'm watching this thing like a hawk. So when it comes to Kevin Federline, because that's a weird one, we all know how that went down. They weren't together very long at all. She's paying him spousal support. Yeah. And so he has something to gain if she gets full control over her money, because I assume right now his spousal support is based on what she gets, not what she has. Is that accurate? Uh, I don't or- know if that's accurate, but I will say that I know her concern, like her team basically um, created w- the agreement. Uh, it's 110,000 um, ongoing child support battle. I can try to find out if this is monthly. She has to give him some fees more recently. Um, he gets 20000 a month. 20000 a month, I believe. 20000 a month to be Britney Spears' ex-husband. Yes, and he tried to get more. And Are she, they hiring? <laughs> fuck. She, she, she try, he tried to get more recently. What happened was basically he was turned down, but she did agree to pay the legal costs, or her team did. I shouldn't say she. She had no control over her money ever. So she had to pay $100,000 for that, but he continues to get 20000 a month. That's wild to me. I wonder how yeah. long that goes on. I'm not sure, actually. I, most of them have an end date, right? I mean, I, I know most people for alimony payments, there's an end date to it. And maybe it's 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. I, I don't know what this one is particularly. I always find the special support thing very interesting. Yeah, no shit. So he, she has the kids and he, mm-hmm. and then she also has to pay him uh, for the privilege of being married to her. Imagine that. Britney Spears was the shit back in the day. He bagged her, put a ring on it, didn't work out, and he's getting 20 grand a month to be her ex and to come and get the kids once a month for a quick visit? Well, no, I mean, like I said, she hasn't been with her kids in months and months. They do live with KFED. Oh, they are with KFED. They are with KFED, yes. Oh, so tack on some child support too, probably then. Definitely there's child support. Yes, absolutely. There's child support and there's special support. There's both. Wow. Uh, A lot of people are going back to work. These days, offices are starting to call people back and more things are reopening tomorrow everywhere except Waterloo Region. And and now it's time to get back into that routine, everybody. What did you miss and what do you not miss about getting up and going to work every single day? They did a study on this and they found 58% of those who normally travel on a daily basis miss their commute when they were going to the office every day. Mm -hmm. They miss it. And what did they miss specifically? Well, 76% of carpool commuters, two-thirds, 68% of those who would normally take the bus, said that they missed that commute. Listening to the radio and listening to podcasts, more than half, 55% say that was the part of their morning routine they missed the most. Yes. Yeah. 
That's cool, by the way. I like that because I do get messages. I get DMs. You and I get DMs all the time from listeners. And mm-hmm. that's one of the ones I get more and more as things do open is, oh, I missed you guys on my commute. Or when, you know, school came back in and then was out again. Uh, it was a lot of, I miss that. I actually miss those moments in the morning listening to you guys on my way into work. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, I think so, too. And it seems like every day more and more people are rediscovering what they used to do in the morning. Uh, a lot of people missed the interaction, but almost the same amount of people hate that interaction. <laughs> when they ask people what they're looking forward to the least, it was the small talk, the chit chat, mm-hmm. all the fucking around before you get to the point mm-hmm. with your coworkers. Yeah. It's true. That does go on way too long sometimes, yeah. right? Yeah, it does. It does. It does. And I feel like there's people who will purposely avoid some people because of it, because they are the chit chatters. And you wonder how they get anything done in a day because all they're doing is talking to other people. All they do is go from desk to desk, cubicle to cubicle, talking to people. And some people just hate that. And then you become kind of an asshole if you're the person that keeps your head down and doesn't want to talk to anybody. Like, I try my best to ghost. If I have stuff going on, it's going to sound bad, but if I have stuff going on and I'm leaving and I know that other people are just taking their time because they have a nine to five, but I don't, I finished my day already and I need to get out of there and get my shit done. I got to keep my head down or I'll ghost. I'll find a way out the back door so nobody sees me on my way out. And you know what? If it's important, you send me an email about something or call me. That's fine. I have no problem with that. But otherwise, like it's the chit chat and it is a small talk and you don't want to be a jerk if somebody asks you about your life or they're telling you about their life, right? Like, Oh, you know, my, my kid sprained their ankle the, this, this weekend. Oh, they did. You can't just leave. You can't leave a conversation when someone tells you something like that. Right. Yeah, I guess. Even though I'd love to, can I just give him like a weird look so that they realize he's not into this and they end the conversation? Am I allowed to do that? I don't know. I mean, again, you're going to be looked at a little differently and maybe that's okay with you. There are some people that's totally okay with. I'm not the, they might be the person that nobody wants to talk to. They don't care. At least they get their work done and they don't have to sit around and stand around while you guys all talk about the weather for 14 minutes. <laughs> really hot out today, yeah. isn't it? Well, we're thinking about getting a pool. No, I have a pool. <laughs> oh, do you have a pool? And then it becomes like a big right. community conversation. Is it chlorine or salt water? Yeah. Do you vacuum it or do you have a creepy crawly? Yeah, I know. Those conversations are so mundane sometimes. Uh, of the people who have already started getting back into their morning routine to go to work every day, 74% underestimated how long it would take to get there. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you late? I I forgot how long it takes me to drive here. I'm sorry. Yep. Add that to the list of things I'm sure you kind of forget, right? You forget which Tim Hortons you go to on your way in, or you forget how to use your coffee maker that you, whatever, usually use, or I don't know. There's a lot of things that I'm sure you would do differently because you're going into work and you haven't for a while. Climate change, of course, is a pressing issue, and I feel like it is coming to the forefront even more. It was 117 degrees Fahrenheit yesterday in Salem, Oregon, and then not that far north of there, Lytton, British Columbia. I don't know if Lytton's a big city or a small city or a medium-sized city in British Columbia, but I had to look it up. I had no idea where the fuck Lytton was. I looked it up, and sure enough, it's somewhere between, like, Vancouver and Kelowna. Can you picture that area, southern BC? Yeah, sure I can. I've been. Beautiful. You've been to Lytton? Not to Lytton. Not to Lytton. No, 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 no. No. But in that general area. It was 46.6 degrees Celsius yesterday. 118 Fahrenheit. Gross. 
gross. Is that when like uh, stuff starts to melt that shouldn't be melting, like roads and shit like that? Apparently, your shoes were sticking to the pavement because it was basically the rubber on your soles was kind of melting a bit on contact. That's how fucking hot it was yesterday. It was one of those days where you could crack an egg on the hood of a car and it would cook. Yeah. 46.6 Celsius is a new Canadian record. And my question to you is simple. The fuck is going on? That's not Canada weather. They're getting 30 degrees in Yukon right now. Mm -hmm. That's not Canada weather. Certainly not in June. So is it going to get worse? Are we at the worst of it now? Is this just the beginning? Greta Thunberg could hear you speak right now. She'd be fucking passing out. Of course, this is everything to do with climate change, right? No, I meant, is it going to get worse this summer? Like, if they're already at 46.6, does that mean in July they're going up north of 50 degrees? You know what? It's possible. And don't you notice, too, the last several summers really are extended into, like, September. So, I mean, we've had heat waves in mid-September. And if we're already getting these kind of temperatures... Like you said, end of June, what is what is it going to look like? I don't know. You know, I, uh, I, I'm i not a fan of the carbon tax, just so everybody knows. And the reason I'm not a fan of the carbon tax is because I really don't think it changes many people on a day-to-day basis' behavior. And because I think that our leaders say, well, we did something. We took decisive action. We put a carbon tax on, and that's going to solve the climate problem. And it's really not. It's going to take a lot of hands-on hard work and tough decisions. And at some point, all of us are going to have to suck it up and make some changes. My question is, when are we going to get to that point? When is somebody going to come out and say, okay, listen, guys, it's not supposed to be 46.6 degrees Celsius in lower British Columbia in fucking June. We have a major problem. This is an emergency and effective immediately X is going to happen or Y needs to be done. When is somebody going to come out and say, this is the only way to reverse this or slow this or stop this? This is the only way. This is what we've got to do. What is it? Uh, Alternate days that you can drive? Maybe Monday. If you work Monday to Friday, you can go in Monday, Wednesday, and Friday today and Tuesday, Thursday, next week. The rest of the time is telecommute. Are, Are they going to... Something has to be done. And it all has to do with carbon emissions. When is somebody going to come out with an actual plan, not a by 2050, we'd like to cut our carbon emissions by 80 percent and then nothing ever gets done? You know, I was curious what this pandemic would have would do to climate because we know less people are driving, uh, but I'm not sure it's making an impact. And I'm not sure if we're even able to see the results. I'm not a pro in the field, so I couldn't tell you. I'm not sure if we're able to see the results of that for for several years. But I would have imagined if there were any changes or or something made just by the pandemic alone, we would hopefully see those. And then that would give us a good indication whether something like that would be a good idea, like starting imminently. You know, if you are able to do something from home, you have to do it from home. And maybe starting there would be a good idea. I I don't know. Single-use plastics is another huge industry. I mean, it's gross. I have little kids. I've got a four-year-old and and a two-year-old. Their toys are disgusting to the point where i ban certain toys like these lols and all this garbage it's literally garbage scott it's plastic it's bad for the environment it's disgusting there's aisles and aisles filled with them it is no wonder we're in the spot we're in it's sickening so i've started to make my own changes in my house i'm not sure everyone's looking at themselves but those are all a lot of little things I I, I hear you. We need bigger things to happen 
But I'm telling you, there are so many things you can look at on a day-to-day basis. At the grocery store, packaging up watermelons. Maybe that should be illegal. Maybe it's like, no, fuck you. Buy a watermelon. It comes with its own case. You don't need to buy one chopped up in a plastic container. And trust me, I don't have a halo on my head. I've done it before. But maybe if we made those things banned and we start that right away. Plastic bags were one thing, but they're still available at every grocery store. They're still available to purchase at most grocery stores. I shouldn't say all. I know some have gone paper and that's it. Make it illegal and make it illegal tomorrow. Then we might see some differences. We've seen this government when they feel like there is a clear and present danger do some pretty extreme shit to try and solve the problem. Well, with that in mind, I don't understand how nobody is looking at what's going on here in North America right now. And then looking back at the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years worth of data and saying to themselves, there's no way to deny this. There's a real fucking problem here. And it's not enough to say by 2030, we'll do this by 2050, we'll do that Mm -hmm. or to promise shit and get the photo op with Biden and Trudeau in France and then not actually do it when you get back to your country. I just don't understand why nobody has actually said this is an actual emergency. This is what needs to be done right now. And it's twofold because, yes, the government does have some responsibility, but so do the people. And certain people feel that responsibility. Other people think yeah. not their problem. Yeah. So like you said, we can all make changes in our daily lives. And and a lot of it is to do directly with the environment that we live in. Yeah. It won't change climate change if you use more sustainable packaging. It won't have an immediate impact. It won't but, reverse it tomorrow if you if you stop using Ziploc bags. Yeah, you're exactly. right. You're right. It, it won't. But I mean, let's stop contaminating our drinking water. Let's stop filling up our oceans and killing off our marine life and our ecosystems. I mean, that's stuff that you and I can do right now. Something that could go in the recycling should go in the recycling. If it could be composted, compost the fucking thing. It doesn't need to go in the garbage per se. So those are all little things that we can do. We could also, I don't know, try and cut down on our consumption a bit. If you can live with it, maybe you make your house 24 degrees Celsius instead of 23. Or you make it 20 instead of 19. Little things like that that could make a little bit of a difference, and that, in some cases, will save you money. But on a national level, something needs to be done, and somebody has got to get this fucking the cart going before the horse mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. and do something. Because it's, They're too worried. They're too worried about the what's going to happen, implications, which shocks me, because when you look at what they've done in this pandemic, you're right. We have a government that's not afraid to act when it comes to like this. Oh, I'll snap my fingers, and a bunch of people are out of work. Wah, wah. You know, we're just trying to do its best. Well, how about the fact that the world could end? Are you going to do its best there? So why are you caring so much about jobs? Because that's what it is. It's a backlash. If you say plastic bottles are banned in Canada, let's just use that as one example. Plastic water bottles or plastic any bottles banned in Canada. You're going to have bitching from people. And and trust me, I, I say bitching and I understand there's people who work in the industry. But you will have that because all of a sudden, maybe that means there will be less jobs available. I don't know that for certain, but that's what people automatically think to. So they're worried they're not going to get reelected based on those choices because there's people employed in it. Just like there's going to be when this election comes up for both provincial and federal, they're going to have backlash based on people losing their jobs, too. So they're too careful. I would love to come in there and just be like, you know what? I'm not going to give a shit, but we know our environment is the most important. So not allowed this. No, you know, it start there. No plastic bags. We're not allowed to sell this, ban this, ban that, and see what happens. I mean, maybe we can make a big enough impact. You know, I actually think that a politician who said, I'm not here to get reelected, I'm here to do the right thing, would actually earn some respect. And frankly, I'm sorry, Justin. I know that there's probably some Justin Trudeau, uh, Truanon supporters out there listening. 
I'm sorry, but he's had his chance and hasn't done fuck all. Nothing. He put in the carbon tax and washed his hands of it and said, okay, there we go. That'll solve the problem. We haven't done anything. Our greenhouse gas emissions in Canada have gone up since we signed the Paris Climate Accord. It went up. Mm -hmm. How? Mm -hmm. We're the only country in the G7 where it went up. And I don't know if Aaron O'Toole is going to be any fucking better. Does Jugmeet sing? Now he'll never get elected anyway. I mean, honestly, we need somebody to show a little bit of leadership here and just get everybody on the same page. Here is what you as an individual Canadian have to do in your day to day lives. And the government's not going to come into your home and say, well, that should have gone in the fucking blue bin or that should have gone in the green cart. They're not going to do that. They're just asking you to do it because it's the right thing. And on a national level, we will show some leadership with some regulation changes, but it's going to be immediate. It's going to be harsh and it's going to be decisive. We threw hundreds of thousands of people out of work and paid them to stay home for a year mm-hmm. over a virus that has a what is it? Ninety eight percent survival rate. I mean, I'm not trying to give any credibility here to the anti maskers, but the fact of the matter is we shut this fucking country. We shut the world down because we thought covid was an emergency. How do we not look at what's going on around the world right now and say, this is an emergency that yeah. needs to be treated the same way. Yeah, it is an emergency. And one day, and maybe it won't be our generation. It'll be a couple generations down the line. They're going to go, why did nothing happen? Why did nobody act on this? This oh, is yeah. insane. We're talking about the world. In 2050, there will be kids in a digital classroom somewhere that are looking back at 2021 saying, okay, so wait a second. They knew this was going on. They had conclusive proof of why it was going on. And all they did was kick the can down the road to 2030 or 2040 or 2050. They actually didn't actually do anything, but they knew conclusively that that was the problem. I don't get it, Kat. I really don't get it. Other than politics is ruining this country and a lot of other ones, too. Everybody's got to work together here. I mean, there's personal responsibility and there's government responsibility, and I'm willing to do my part. You tell me what I have to do, and even if it sucks, I'll I'll definitely... I'll take your request under advisement. If you say I have to stop using plastic water bottles, okay, fine. I'll stop using plastic water bottles. I can make that change. It's not that inconvenient. If I have to drive less, I'll certainly consider where I actually have to drive, what I can do by video conference, and so on. If you want us to do our part, then you need to do yours, Ottawa. And and Queen's Park as well. This isn't just a federal issue. There's some provincial responsibility here, too. And on that, we will say... Have a great fucking day, everybody. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Holy shit. Fucking. <laughs> oh, uh, on behalf of the residents of Waterloo Region. Fuck you, Doug. We won't be opening tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal. Broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.